You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Beyond the Headlines with your host, veteran journalist, Darren Nichols. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, Darren Nichols. May is Stroke Awareness Month, and as some of you know, as of September 2014, I am a stroke survivor. Our guest today was one of the people who reached out to me when I was in the hospital, and I have to admit, I really didn't want to open up to him, but we stayed in contact during my journey. Our guest today is DeMont Goolsby, a Morehouse man, stroke survivor for more than 20 years, and a board member for the American Heart Association of, in southeastern Michigan. Welcome, DeMont, to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Darren. Okay, that, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, yes. T- tell us a little bit about your story and and um, how difficult it was for you in your recovery. Well, Darren, um, I suffered a massive stroke at the age of 23, right after I graduated from Morehouse College. Um, I walked across the stage in May 95 and got sick in August 95. I consider my stroke as a stroke with complications. Um, my stroke I had, I was allergic to the dye in the CAT scan. It exploded in my brain, put me in a coma for two weeks. While I was in the coma, you know, putting a feeding tube in my throat, it ripped my esophagus. And, you know, it was multiple issues after that. Um, so, you know, this is really, um, this has been a, a long process for me, you know, plus, you know, with me being in the coma for two weeks, I have a uh, cognitive difficulties also with a little memory lapse and just a lot of things with speaking, but however, I'm still here today. Okay. Yes. And yes. tell me about the process. Tell me about what it took to be where you are and where you're currently are in terms of your health? The process was long and hard, but you have to understand having a good support system with with family, um, my mother, my father, um, with a good therapy and therapists, and, and, you know, you have that support system with people around to help you navigate through this process, you know, because you need a good support system when you're going through a process of, you know, recovery. And that's what has been a difficult thing for me. And this has been be 24 years for me in August. And it, it is still, like I said, I, I, be, I think I beat my own self up. I am, um, I think I'm around like a 90 2% back, but, you know, I know I won't ever be the same where I am now, but however, you know, going through this process, we have to, as survivors, we have to look at ourselves as as chameleons to learn how to adapt to the change in our lives right. and, and move forward. And, and yeah. with and with your, proc- yeah. with your, your uh, recovery process, I mean, that meant you had to learn how to walk, you had to learn how to eat. To, uh, yes. T- tell I, our listeners... I, I was, all of yeah. what you had to go through. 
Well, you know, there I went from a wheelchair to a walker, walker to a cane, um, then the process of walking independently with anything, you know, so, and it wasn't a easy task, but what really helped me from that process is, you know, I was an athlete when I was, you know, in high school and through elementary school and stuff that, and, you know, plus, you know, when I was, when I suffered my stroke, I was just 23, you know, so the recovery process was a little bit easier for me, even though I had the difficulties with, um, you know, the uh, head injury, not the head injury, the being in the coma with the cognitive issues that I have. But however, I had to be able to learn how to, to like I said, to adapt to the new me and to keep on moving in life instead of being stuck where I, I can't do this situation or I, I, I can't move forward. So this is where, this is where I am now. Okay. And, yeah. and, and for me, it was, it was very similar. Um, for me, yeah. as, as some folks already know, um, I suffered a stroke in, in September of 2014 and okay. I lost mobility on the entire right side of my body. Um, I spent nine weeks in a wheelchair um, and like you, I had to go from a wheelchair to a, a walker to now being on a cane. Um, and it has taken a day by day process to, um, continue to work and, and get healthy. Um, and that is, that is why I'm open and honest with what was going on. Um, and that is why I, um, continue to, um, tell people um, about um, my process and what I've been going through, um, you know, um, you know, as a stroke survivor. Right. So in terms of um, what you're doing now, how did you get involved um, with the American Heart Association? And then, well, and then talk about how, why is it important to help others and your focus on what, what you try to do? I had the opportunity to do a documentary on my life story. Yes, the documentary is called I Know I Can't From Tragedies It's Triumph. And while we were going through that process of um, getting the word out with uh, stroke awareness, American Heart reached out to the producer of the documentary. His name is Juan Bird. And um, that way we, we basically, you know, partnered with, American Heart, and that's where I connected with them, you know, because I wanted to be able to help other survivors, you know, and like I said, we use the documentary as a tool to help other stroke survivors to overcome barriers and let them know there's um, there's life after stroke. You know, our whole process was, if you can see it, you can believe it, you can achieve it. Instead of being, you know, stuck, so many people, when you suffer a stroke, it's like it's doom and gloom. So you have to have a process to say, okay, this has happened to me. What's the next step? So I, I um, you know, partner, you know, with us partnering with American Heart, and now I'm a board member with American Heart. And, you know, in my whole process of, of being on the board is to help the, the, the survivor to overcome these barriers because, you know, after you do, you know, you get your rehab, 
And after that, you, you feel like you're kind of lost, you know, and you, you need that complete support system. So you can really have somebody to talk with or somebody, you know, yes, you have support groups, but, you know, support, most support groups are once a month. We need constant interaction to people every day to go through this process of the healing. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and and you've been to uh, Congress to speak in front of Congress on on these issues. T- tell us a little bit a little bit about that as well. Okay, well, we had the opportunity to go um, for go to Congress, and, and we, you know they have so many opportunities to be able to you know lobby on Capitol Hill for you know the, the TPA. It's a it's a clot busting drug that you can really, you know, that can help individuals when you suffer these strokes and you can, you know, you can even help these individuals that are, but it's all about timing of, you know, getting to the hospital at that, within that time, that window of time, you know, mind you, then when I suffered my stroke, you know, um, I was 23. Uh, I went to the hospital, and they, they basically stated that I was I had food poisoning. So you don't think that a young individual will suffer a uh, stroke at that age. And they sent me home there. And, mm. and, um, and then and that's when I probably started having multiple strokes. So I went back to the hospital, and they basically, um, then they ran the CAT scan and said that I was, you know, throwing clots in my head. You know, and, and, you know, if if they would have had, you know, like I said, the warning signs or even had the opportunity to say, well, okay, let's get them to to the hospital and use the TPA drug. You know, mind you, this was in 1995. They didn't have the same type of technologies and, and drugs at that at that moment. So, you know, you know, having the opportunity to go lobby on Capitol Hill and and let the individuals know that we need we we can save lives, you know, having that opportunity to use those drugs and use that so you wouldn't have these deficits of these into people having these long term, you know, issues with with stroke. Okay. Um okay. what does it take to um become a survivor? Um because for me, um I never looked back. I always tended to Look forward, and I I am a believer. I'm a firm believer. It is um, your attitude that kind of carries you through um, whatever bad situation that you're in. Um, and that I never looked at um, how did I get in this place? How did I get in this spot? I always looked toward um, moving forward. Where where am I going to go from here? And right. trusting. Um, that at some point that I was going to get better. Now, how much better I didn't know and I didn't concern myself with. Right. However, I did always believe that at some point I would get a little bit better. So what does it take in terms of um, becoming a survivor or helping bring about um, the changes that you're going to go through um, as a survivor Okay. You know, life is a process, you know, and if you 
you know, you want to get to the point where you can progress instead of regress. You know, I, you know, when I was just talking about being an athlete at an early age, I basically had to to look at myself and, and find out who I was when this, you know, you have to regroup yourself again and really dig deep in yourself and say, I'm going to overcome this. And, you know, having that, like, having a support system, I had a mother that did not give up on me. You know, um, when I was just, I, I don't know if I told you, I had a, you know, I, I had a counselor at Michigan Rehab that basically said I had the mind of a two-year-old when that I could do for the mind. You know, mind you, you know, uh, in May, I self, I, May I graduated from Morehouse College, walked across the stage and suffered a massive stroke at, you know, in August. So, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to, you know, get my career back in track like it like I wanted to. But but you know, that that process there where um it took that time, you know, and I'm glad that I had to go through this process because it made me a better person. You know, um maybe I you know, maybe I had to slow myself down to see what was my purpose and plan in life. You know, so this is like now I, I I can see things a little bit clear and, and how to slow myself down instead of rushing to do everything, you know, because um, there's so many people in, in this in this in the life where they're stressing themselves out. I got to be here. I got to be do this. I got to do all that. It's it's not you know it's not that that important sometimes to be here, 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 here. And life is supposed to be enjoyed. And, and, you know, like I said, that process where when you're going through these situations in life, you know, I think what I had to do, Darren, when I sat in that hospital, Providence Hospital, for four months, I did a lot of thinking, you know, to reprocess the we uh, reorganize my life again sure. and put <laughs> put things in put things in real perspective, you know, because some people don't get the opportunity. Because you know, I'm looking at myself when I was 23, and now I'm 47, and it's just like I, I'm not the same individual who I was when I was 23. I matured a lot, absolutely. You know, and and, and then you know you have to make yourself happy also to say okay. This has happened to me. Let's move forward. Let's let's move on with life. And, and it's it's a hard like it's a hard pill to swallow. So how how but, much mental yeah. strength? So how much mental strength does it take to to do what you did? Mental mental is the the hardest thing. The mental and emotional part of it that people don't understand. You know what what a having a stroke or being a survivor is nothing that we can put a Band-Aid on our head and think we're going to be okay in a month or a couple of years. This is a, this is a lifelong process, you know, and, um, and like I said, it's been 24 years for me, you know, but one thing I never did then was give up, you know, cause I have, like I'm telling you, if I wouldn't be the individual I am now without my mother, who never gave up on me. You know, I recently, five years ago, I lost my mother due to uh, cancer, you know. But however, I know she instilled everything in me 
to move forward because her whole thing is making sure that I was going to be independent as an individual to be able to take care of myself. Mind you, now I have a wife, you know, so there's life after stroke. I had a wife that cares for me now. And, you know, and, and it's just my life has changed in these last five years. But, you know, I had to go through the process of everything to say, okay, Life is okay now, you know, even though, you know, just like with any type of storm in, in, in your life, you know, through the all gloomy and stuff, you know, the sun will shine and it might not be right that moment, but, you know, eventually keep on working and, and you know, that sun will shine again for you. Right. And mm-hmm. let's switch gears a little bit because okay. you um, sort of focus on the recovery side. And right. so... What I want to know is why did you focus on the recovery side and why is it so key, um, like you said, to have that support system, like you said, with your mom, with your with your family members and things like that, like like that. Why is it so important to um, give the support to the survivors as they need it? You know, there when when I was crying out for help, I, I couldn't really get the hope they get the help that I needed. You know, and you know, for me I felt that um I had to really rehab myself. But you know, I'm glad that this happened because it made me stronger. You know, I, I guess at the process there where when people tell me that I can't do something, you know, and I'm a believer of Jesus Christ and Lord Savior, he said I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So that way, you know, the little things that I've, you know, battled through or or anything, I, I can fight through it, you know. And I, I'm not, you know, like I said, so many other survivors, I said, don't have that support system. So, you know, you know, reaching out to other people to say, okay, let's help people. And it's all about providing hope. So hope means helping other people every day, which you have to reach out to people. That's like when when I think Kim, you know, Kim um, Hayes is the one to call me and, and told me about you, Dan, you know, and uh, Kim um, did an article on me uh, right when we did the document, when we did the documentary. And, you know, and, and, you know, thinking about Kim, you know, her, I think her father, you know, just passed, and he was a suffered a uh, uh, stroke also. Yes, that's right. You great. know, so you know, and, and this is like, you know, it's amazing how stroke can connect people. And you know, I know a lot of people in the audience. I mean, that's on the podcast now who know somebody, a friend, a loved one, or you know, a mother or something who suffers a stroke. And, and know how hard it is to get life back in order, and and this is the reality of life, you know. And um, and this is why it's so important to take care of our health now. You know, we, you know, you're just looking at people who, you know, they get not eating properly and everything. I mean, that's just like with me. When I was in college, what did we do in college? Eating ramen noodles and, you know, ice cream and trying to survive. 
you know. So it's it's so important, you know. Like I said, I, I counsel with so many stroke survivors now at an early age are suffering these strokes at, in their teens, in their twenties. So we have to get in front of this situation to see what's going on and just think about the stresses of life. You know, trying to pay bills, trying to take care of uh, children. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard, you know, and we have to learn how to say, well, how can we reduce some of this stress out of here in life? You know, so think about the corporate stress of people working for IBM and, and you know, all the big, you know, the corporations and even, like I said, the factory workers who running, you know, working – 12 hour shifts and, and, you know, and, you know, not have that, you know, eating subway and, you know, and tubbies and, and not eating properly, you know, so, or then there's drinking and everything. And so I mean, it's, it's just a process of things that, that we, you know, have to address these issues right now to, to be, um, able to really start getting in front of this issue with, um, our health. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the reason why I, um, share my story in terms of yeah. uh, in terms of my health because you know I look back at um, what I had to eat the day before I had my stroke and I had McDonald's for lunch and for dinner I had a uh, family size um, Stouffer's lasagna um, as well as some greens and I look back at the salt content of everything that I had and I had enough salt content um, for a week's, I had a week's worth of salt within my body um, just in that particular day. And that was a typical day and a normal day uh, for me in terms of my eating. I thought that I was balancing uh, my uh, bad lunch of eating McDonald's and Coney Island and Burger King and, uh, Subway and all of that by coming home and trying to uh, balance that with a Stouffer's lasagna, for example, right. um, and or a chicken breast with um, uh, um, Italian dressing on it, not knowing that the salt content in either one of those things, and and it was tipping it over the balance. So it's it wasn't right. necessarily. Uh, what I was having to eat, it was not balancing them out in terms of the salt content. And so that that was what when I started studying and looking back, um, that is why I, for my own, you know, well-being, um, went to a low salt diet. It wasn't that um, I really wanted to do it um, because, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't anything that the doctors told me that, you know, when I got out of the hospital, you know, you have to, you know, change your, you know, your diet in order to survive. That is, that was not what I was told. However, I wanted to do it now before the doctor made me do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was me taking a hold of my own life and taking ownership of what I need to do in order to have this longevity in your life because, you know, I have children um, and, mm-hmm. and I still want to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle. I still want right. to be able to do those monumental things. I want to see them graduate from college. I want to see them do the things, the monumental things in life. And so I changed um, my outlook and my the things about 
um, my eating habits in, in order mm-hmm. to preserve myself for them. Um, and so as a segue to that, talk a little bit about, because a part of what I was talking about dealt with stroke prevention. I mean, if the things, some of the things that we can do now, reducing the stress, um, mm-hmm. changing your diet, um, checking your blood pressure, like all of those things um, can can help. It won't eliminate having a stroke, but it could help in that way. Right. So, so talk a little bit about um, stroke prevention and how it affects the African-American community. You, you know, just by the prevention side is, like I said, the key of everything. You know, controlling your blood pressure, healthy eating, you know, so, you know, we won't sit there and having, you know, the salt intake, the fast food, just, you know, cut it, off, cut it down, exercising, you know, just walking around, you know, just uh, not even, uh, you don't have to get into the to gym, you know, yes, you can go to the gym, but you don't have to go to the gym every day and go hard doing lifting 200, 300 pounds. And uh, we just need to start taking care of ourselves, the mental of that to make yourself feel good, you know, because I, I mean, even like with me, I, recently um, I had to, you know, I, I had to go to a thing called a cardio version. My heart was beating too fast. So, you know, I fell into almost uh, a AFib, I'm sorry, AFib. And um, and that, that scared me again, mind you, you know, you know, instead of having children, having a wife to take care of and having everything, you know, you, you want to get to the point where you can say, okay, I ha- something has to give, something has to change, you know, because I don't want to be a burden on, you know, my, not even just myself, but my wife and, you know, my, my children, stuff like that. So I, you know, after this, um, cardio version, um, or cardio version, I don't know if anybody know about a cardio version. It's a, a process of where you reshock, you know, shock your heart back in rhythm. So my heart was beating too fast, you know, and, you know, I found out that that's a common thing for, you know, people who have, you know, had an issue with AFAB, AFib and everything. So, you know, I had the, the cardio version. And then, you know, they wanted to put me on all the medications and and everything. And, and basically, they were trying to say uh, I was going to have to have a, um, a pacemaker. I didn't want to, you know, I, I've been cut up, cut on enough. You know, where I didn't want to get to the point where, where you had to cut me in and go through all that stuff again. So what I had to do there is, you know, um, change something in my life. So I went to basically a plant-based vegan diet, you know, that changed my life to say, okay, within this last year, within the last year, I've been total vegan, totally vegan. And, um, and that really helped me out where I am now. I dropped 30 pounds feeling like a new man, walking. Now, I wish I could run like I used to. And that that's my goal for next year is to run again. Okay. You know, and, and uh, if I can get back up to where, you know, when I was playing football and stuff to, to run and everything, you know, because that will, that's like I said, that's, I know I won't be able to run miles and all that stuff because of the, 
the um, issues that I have for my, my body now, for my foot, you know, and stuff from the stroke. But um, I, that's like I said, that's one of my goals that I'm trying to achieve is to run a marathon or a half a marathon or something, you know. So to do that process, I have to be in tip-top shape. You know, I, I can't just be like, okay, I'm going to go get me uh, 20 chicken wings and right. a beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we, you know, I had to say, well, what I'm going to do is, you know, make sure that I'm going to be in tip top shape, you know, and then when, you know, these doctors talking about, well, you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. so um, I, I had to, you know, you know, you, yes, you can, you got to listen to your doctor, but you have to listen to your mind also of what you want to do there. Because, you know, if not, you, you're going to be a slave to everything, you know, so you have to be your own boss in your life or what you're trying to achieve in life now. Sure. Um, yes. Talk a little bit about um, younger people and how um, this is, potentially going to affect young people more um, in because of um, there are less parents that are cooking at home um, mm-hmm. because of the lifestyles. The lifestyles are faster. Um, there's more pressure at work um, mm-hmm. to succeed. Um, and life is just much faster than it was before. And so talk right. a little bit about um what this means for young people and potentially more younger people being at risk for stroke. You know, Darren, the youngest person that I counsel as a stroke survivor, I think his name was, he was, he was 15 years old, mm. you know, uh, a guy, he, um, good guy, you know, but you know, when you think when you're young, these kids these days, and he was around 200 pounds and, you know, huge kids. You know, at 15. So you think about all the steroids that they put in these foods right now and how big these kids are, you know. And the kids that um, when we grew up in the 70s, we, you know, yes, you have a couple of, of overweight kids because I was a husky kid also. But um, it's like it's the norm now for having kids that's overweight, you know, and um and, and and now I, I I like I said, you know the 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 power of a social media, where you get to um, you know meet and talk with other people or stroke survivors across the the world, you know, and and so many of these younger individuals are suffering these ages, eighteen, nineteen, and you know in their twenties, you know, and like I said, I was twenty three, you know, and, and and when the doctor, you know. When they, they basically they didn't think that that would happen at an early age, but you know, eventually it can happen. It happened to me, and it can happen to anyone. You know, like you said, a stroke does not discriminate on race, age, color. You know, so it, it's it's one of those things that we we have to be accountable of what we need to do or what we put in our bodies. You know, and that's just like what what occur. Some of these people who drive in cars, you know, put you're going to put super um, unleaded if you want your car to run properly, but you won't put it in your body, you know, or eating healthier foods and everything. So, you know, 
people have to make a choice of what they want to do. You know, yes, you can have the fancy cars and everything, but you have to take care of the the car and just like you have to take care of your body. You know, um, and like when, like when I was telling you when I had to do the the cardio version. You know, um, like I said, I'm just like I said, just turned forty seven in in February, and you know, and that that scared me again. You know, and and so many things flashbacks in my life of you know when I had when I suffered my stroke. And I, like I said, I didn't want to go back to that. You know, and and this is where you know I I I don't have to eat. You know, another piece of chicken or or another um, rib or anything like that. I'm trying to live. You know, so I would rather have, you know, life instead of having a barbecue rib or anything like that so I can see my kids, you know, like you said, walking across the stage and taking them, you know, you know, when they get married and stuff like that. I want to be healthy enough to say, okay, I um, can see that and witness that, that um, miracle right there. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so getting back to the other side of of what you deal with, um, what are some key things that you can tell folks who are caregivers and um, being able to support uh, their loved one who is going through um, a stroke survivor situation? Okay. Well, you know, as... I think about my, my, my mother all the time of how when, you know, I had those good days and those bad days. And even like me right now, I still have them, you know, and I've, I've learned how to control the emotional side of it, you know, for, like I said, dealing with a head injury, you know, like I said, with a stroke, it's it's more mental an emotional or anything, because, you know, our lives have been turned upside down. And now we're trying to pick those pieces back up, you know. Um, and and there's, there's sometimes an individual want it done instantly, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. You know, I know people who suffered a stroke and, and back to work and, you know, still having, you know, they're like they didn't miss a beat. But however, everybody's stroke is completely different. You know, we have to understand, you know, I I meet some people who, you know, are still wheelchair bound. I I know people who, you know, that, that drive, I drive, you know, but I don't drive like I used to. I can't jump on, uh, on 75 and jump down to Atlanta and within two, uh, 12 hours like I, I used to. But, you know, a, a lot of things has changed. And, you know, like you said, with the adapting to this change, and like I said, the mental is is so important to, to get that help. You know, uh, I was just talking to my wife earlier of how it was so important for me to seek counseling. You know, uh, outside outside source to say, okay, this has happened to me. I need some help. A lot of people do not reach out and get help. You know, and, to and say, wh- okay, I'm going to do it myself. And now. why is that? Why is it that people don't reach out to get the help? You, you know, I think a lot of people are still um, afraid of um, letting them know I, I suffered a stroke. Okay. You know, and, and, and I, I don't, I don't understand. You know, people don't. You know, they look at stroke as being taboo, 
you know, um, and, and, and they just don't understand it, you know? So, so, um, we, as individuals, we have to bring, you know, awareness and, and, and let people know it's not the end of the world, you know? Um, and, and people, everybody want to be Superman. I can do this and I can do that, you know? Um, and, and that's just like, with, you know, with my friends and stuff, you know, like I said, having that support system, my friends never, you know, um, gave up on me also. And, and that's why, like I said, I was telling my, my friend who um, did, the, you know, produce the documentary, uh, he wanted to get back and in, get into the film industry. And he was like, hey, let's do your documentary tomorrow. You have an excellent um uh, 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 a nice uh, opportunity to do a uh, documentary, and, and now that 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 friendship, you know, I've been knowing Hanwan Bird for over be thirty years and stuff like that, and he was there when I suffered my stroke, you know, and he, you know, he seen the process. Of when I was, I said, when I was in that wheelchair, he seen the process when I had those tubes in my throat, and you know, and and see, people have to understand that, um, like I said, it's that process, and and they don't want, they don't, they, I don't know, it, it's there. It, I don't understand why people can't really reach out to each other to say, okay, I need some help. If it wasn't for Han Weinberg, my uh, my father and my mother, and even like, well, you know, my friends and stuff, you know, and, and they know that um, this has happened to me and uh, I still have some issues and stuff. They never looked at me any different. They still, you you find out who your real friends are when you're going through these process of, um, getting their stuff back in order, you know? So, um, they, they, um, have to really look at, well, um, what can we do as, as individuals to, to make the individual whole again? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so what's next for you? I mean, I know that you, uh, were a snowbird, uh, yeah. this winter and you got away from Michigan and got away from all of this cold weather and all this good stuff. And uh, what is the next step for you and how will you continue uh, to be a stroke uh, advocate wherever you are? You know, um, I like I said, having the opportunity to uh, leave Michigan for a minute because like I said, my wife and I, um, we are full-time RVers. My wife introduced me with that lifestyle. You know, when I met her, she was, uh, she, my wife is an author and also uh, a pastor also. So um, we have uh, an opportunity to go across the country meeting other stroke survivors. And this is what, you know, what we do, because she, she's um, an author also. So she around the country with her book signings and, you know, with her ministry and everything. So um, this is a perfect opportunity for us. And then we have a, a four-year-old, so we homeschool her. And um, then we can, you know, just nothing better than to travel the you know, the country with your family. And instead of 
seeing um, sites on the book, we can go to them. Okay. You know, we have been we have been in uh, Florida since January. So, um, and we're, unfortunately, um, we're going to be coming home. And in hey, the not, a, not unfortunately. And, huh? I said, no, not unfortunately. <laughs> so, so, so uh, yeah, I'm coming home in June. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, this is my first year, you know, doing like full time in RV and stuff, you know, and it really relaxed me or really made my life change my entire life. And this is why I said how how amazing my wife is, you know, and, and she has just, you know, gave me a different outlook in life, period. You know, um to to show me a different lifestyle other than just Michigan. You know, I love Michigan. I love um Detroit. I love my, you know, just being there but you know it's nothing better than seeing something different sure you know and, <laughs> you know, oh abs- absolutely and, yeah and but i was talking about in terms of um your advocacy are how are you going to continue um being an advocate for those who are um recovering from stroke well, you know, there I get the opportunity. Uh, I, I met a couple of stroke survivors in Florida since, you know, I get the opportunity to uh, meet people on Facebook. It's a lot of stroke groups and stuff, you know, that's, you know, on um, on Facebook. So, you know, if if I'm in that area, you know, I, I like to reach out to those those survivors, and you know, instead of talking to them on, you know, on Facebook, you know, we meet for lunch. Or I get the opportunity to go to these stroke groups in Florida. So, and then you can meet those individuals who say, okay, I, I, I met you on Facebook, but now I can meet you in face, face to face. That's just how I did when, um, when I was in DC. I met, um, uh, a lady in DC. Her name is, um, Marie, Renee Marie, um, Tester. I met her in D.C., and, you know, she runs a, a stroke group on uh, Facebook and YouTube, and um, and I'm, I'm on her show a couple times, you know, last year. And, uh, you know, just like I said, reaching out with other individuals like that, you know, yeah, I get the opportunity to meet them, you know. And when I met Renee, and she's doing some awesome, awesome stuff you know, for the survivors and even like the prevention side of stroke, you know, so, you know, you know, even like now, you you know, so many people reach out to me, I reach out to them, you know, if I'm, if I'm going, like I tell people, uh, I might be in, I'm in such and such area, you know, let's meet for lunch, you know, and, and just the simple things like that. If you know, or I can come to their house and meet with them, you know, and, and that's that's the most important thing. So you can sit there and talk with those individuals to say, okay, I had the opportunity to talk with that person and say, how can you know? Yes, we suffer these strokes, but how are we going to overcome this? And sometimes, if you just provide that little hope, that little help for the individual to keep on moving on life, you know, can really help people. And that's what life is all about. 
and and this is what I, I love to do. You know, even like when I come back in Michigan, I miss my stroke group in Michigan. And I, I'm a member of First Step Stroke Group in Farmington Hills, and they um, they meet every I think it was every Tuesday at the Caustic Center. You know, and um, and the the lady who runs that group, her name is Barbara Montgomery. It's an excellent group, you know, and you get the opportunity to not even just the once a month situation, but they they can meet they meet every week. Well, you know, like you said, as a survivor, you need a outlet somehow, somewhere. Even when they have a group at the first step group where they give a group for the caregivers. So caregivers are very important also for that recovery process to to give them give the the spouses that break also or that support that they need. Okay. And yeah. as we as we wrap up, um give us your <laughs> final thoughts on everything that we have talked about today and um your thoughts about uh stroke prevention, your thoughts about uh, helping caregivers and and all of the things that we discussed uh, this afternoon. For for my first thing, I would like to say there's life after stroke. You know, um, don't ever give up. You know, e- even when things look kind of gloom and dream, uh, little little hectic and stuff, but we have to understand as individuals. And giving up is not an option, you know. As you, you know, just you know, sometimes I think to myself, "What would happen if I just gave up?" You know, I, I know it's hard, but we have to push through it. And anything that you want to work for, that you want to work hard for, you know, you you have to do the work. You know, and like when we're talking about with us being athletes when we were in high school, you know, I, I remember doing those tour days and I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it to where I am now. You know, even like with, with me, I don't want to, you know, walk around the RV park and do the exercises and stuff every day, but I have to to make sure I, I stay alive or oh, I have to eat better. You know, and it's the simple things like that that people have to understand. You know, we have options, and, and it's it's the option: are we going to live, or are we going to just just survive? You know, I, like I said, we even as a survivor, you know, I, I consider myself a survivor. But however, we have to under. I look at myself as a, a individual that overcame a stroke. You know, there's life or death in the power of your tongue. You know, we have to understand. Let's let's go ahead and um, be more positive. Because 87% of people are negative. So, you know, if you got 13%, we have to say, okay, I can do this. Let's roll our, our sleeves up and let's go. Let's fight. You know, and yeah, the part of the prevention Let's 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 work on our, our blood pressure. Let's take your blood. Let's go to the doctor. Let's do that. You know, and as as men, we can't be afraid of going to the doctor. And and some people still doing that. 
And um, we we have to say, okay, let's go to the doctor, no matter what's going to happen. And yes, it's, it's scary. Because like I said, I just had a scare like last year, you, you know, with the cardioversion. But I had to get in front of it and um, say, okay, how are we going to how are we going to change this tomorrow? Okay, and um, and that's what I had to do. Okay, well, thank okay. you, thank you, Demond. We I thank you for taking time out um, and talking about stroke prevention um, mm-hmm. and and continuing this dialogue about um, stroke prevention. Um, we right. we think about stroke prevention when, as you mentioned today, about Ti's mom or when mm-hmm. John Singleton passed over uh, after having a stroke. Um, right. But we need to have these conversations on a daily basis um, or on a weekly basis um, and so that um, we not only um, help those uh, to prevent having a stroke, but also um, helping to guide people um, who have already had a stroke and, and getting through it. So again, I thank you, thank you um, uh, for appearing on the show today. And for that, um, that is how we will wrap up Beyond the Headlines for this week. And we'll see you next week. As we leave Beyond the Headlines, I want to, as we leave Beyond the Headlines, I want to give our listeners an inspirational quote for you guys to ponder each week as you get ready for the new show. It's from Dr. Martin Luther King. It reads, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Until next time, we'll see you on Beyond the Headlines. (laughs) 